0: Welcome to the Wolverine podcast. Uh, this is the live version, obviously. We're going out to you tonight and uh, you can catch us recorded later, but we're hoping that you're going to jump in right now and, uh, and join us live. Uh, send us some questions, uh, things that are on your mind. And I know there's a lot on your mind after week one of uh, Michigan's football season. I'm John Borden. This is Tom Crawford with me, as he often is. Uh, you know, Tom, very well. If you're a Long-time follower of the podcast. He is a long-time sports talk radio personality out of East Lansing, Michigan. Regular panelist on the weekly TV show Press Pass with Jack Ebling. Seen Sunday nights on Fox 47 in Lansing. Founder and principal of the Crawford Podcasting Network. Focusing on sports leadership and motivational content. Tom's a proud U of M alum and a weekly podcast participant here on the Wolverine Podcast. You can find him on Twitter, at BluebelliedTom. You can find him here right now, live. Mr. Crawford, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Uh, That's great to be back, eh? A good week number one, uh, I thought Michigan played well. I know we're going to break it down in a variety of different aspects, but uh, I think Michigan fans... Uh, walked out of that stadium I'm um, happy and sweating because from what I hear from people I know are sitting in the stands, we were up in the air-conditioned press box. It was pretty toasty down there in the corner of the stadium in Maine in that stadium.
0: Yes, and the weather wasn't the only thing that was hot. We'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> but as my friend Doug Carsh, who is now the voice of Michigan yes. football from on high, Michigan Radio Network, says... It's tough to get mad at a team for doing what it's supposed to do to whom it's supposed to do it to. So I I, I can't argue with that. But honestly, coming out of that game, what's the talk on all lips? You know, well there there are uh, other items going on. There are there's a, a defensive performance that we want to talk about for sure. But uh, let's face it, everybody's talking about. Michigan quarterbacks because of the unique situation we have here so far uh, this year. Uh, Jim Harbaugh announces Cade McNamara starts week one. J.J. McCarthy starts week two. Then you get a little bit of an uneven performance out of Cade McNamara in game one, and people start to creep to the edge of their seats. This humble reporter got uh, got hammered by some. On our own website, because I, I had because I had the temerity to uh, to say, you know, this thing's not over. You can anybody can have a, a a bad game, or or even, I mean, what Jim Harbaugh called a good game. But we we could see the fact that it was an uneven performance, and uh, certainly not what uh, what you're going to want to have against the bigger opponents. And in this game. And so that was taken as as somehow being anti-J.J. McCarthy. I would think that, if anything, you, Tom Crawford, would know that that is not the case. But I, I want your thoughts coming out of uh, of this one about these QBs.
1: Well, I mean, I, I mean, John, I know you very well and have for a long time. I know you're not dug in on this, you know, that you want K versus J.J. You're just open. You've been open, very open-minded to it, and you're reacting to – to the situation. And I get that, but the thing about what, you know, every, you know, this is kind of every says, Oh, we're just doing a rinse and repeat on this, on this JJ um, McCarthy, Cade McNamara. Well, cause we have to, because the, the there's continual moving parts. I mean, when you look what happened on Saturday, I mean, Cade, you know, he got what, he got a buck 36 through the air. Um, uh, half of it on Roman Wilson on, you know, a barely vertical, Passing the flat that Roman Wilson did most of the, you know, the heavy lifting on that play, let's be obvious. So that's half of your one thirty six, And then he had a, a, a pair of interception. It so it's <laughs> an interception um, overruled. I mean, he didn't play, he didn't play well. There's just no question. But, and that's fine. I mean, that happens. I, I get it. And there's a lot of pressure on him. I understand that. But what bothered me more than his performance, John was the post game press conference. Um, I'm, I'm big on body language and full in the, in the tone and the folding of the arms and his statement uh, when he was barraged by a lot of questions about it, about, you know, about, is, you know, he about the situation and JJ starting next week. And, and he just went on saying, I thought it was mine. I mean, I thought it was, you know, I, I, you know, it's, 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 it's difficult to understand and all this stuff. And, and I just could tell that he, he was pissed off and I, you know, he didn't even mention JJ. Uh, he didn't mention JJ in the spring game, even though you know I know he's hurt and everything. But I, I I didn't like the attitude. I mean, from from an outsider outlier looking in, Worth Media, it didn't wasn't a good look for him. It really wasn't. And um, for being a team captain, I would expect better optical leadership in a post game press conference. And I don't understand why he was there. I mean, to be honest with you, he was – they had so many other candidates, uh, uh, you know, from the sports information department. I mean, we asked Dave Abeloff about this, who picks these guys or why is K there? He didn't have a stellar performance. Typically, it's based on who performs the best, and he certainly wasn't in that category, John.
0: I get that on one level. Uh, if I was to play devil's advocate there, uh, I, I would say if he wasn't there – a your starting quarterback, your team captain, then you're going to get people saying, "Well, why was uh, why was Michigan hiding Cade McNamara after uh, maybe not his best performance? You know, they're protecting him and and all, all that kind of thing." I, I think that's a that's a no win situation. But I understand perfectly what you're saying about body language, about message communication. I think that uh, maybe just maybe. Uh, Kay McNamara might have gotten another message uh, delivered behind closed doors that, you know, talks about expectations in those situations out of a captain and out of a starting quarterback. Um, So we will see going forward. But I I think that that's fair to uh, to look at it. On the one hand, I, I the guy has to be frustrated. And he has to be a little bit, you know, like you said, he'll get, he's, he's ticked off uh, that uh, there is still so much of this talk going on. And at the same time, he's got to understand he is in a competition. He is, uh, you know, regardless of what he has accomplished in the past. And we all know what those things are last year. You can't, uh, you, you cannot, get out of the fact that it is a rented position, as you mentioned, weekend. as, as yeah. yeah a, 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 a a on game. a weekly basis. On a, game rent, to on a game. weekly basis, it's rented. Game to game. I, I think yeah. there's a certain, there, I, I, there's two ways to approach this. I, I think that Cade uh, McNamara deserves incredible respect and, um, an admiration from the Michigan fan base and, and everyone around Michigan football because of what he accomplished for this team last year. Incredible right. breakthrough year. At the same time, you cannot have – and he said it himself down in Indianapolis. He said, you know, there can't be any sense of accomplishment or, or entitlement, any sense of, of you know, I, this is mine and I own it because it is an ongoing competition. Well, now – the heat is turned up now. The bright lights are on, and you have to live up to those words and carry it in a, a post game situation.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, you know, and, and I, I know I can visualize the arguments in the stands from section one to forty four. People, you know, the K people, the JJ people, when JJ came in there and made some plays, uh, that was that design play. They scored that touchdown. Uh, he looked brilliant. I mean, his four-five speed, uh, linebacker speed, um, uh, faster than linebacker speed, uh, showed the difference. And, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. When I noticed his presence was the play before when C.J. Stokes ripped off 18 yards. And so he's doing the RPO. He's in the mesh, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. one guy on defense is all of a sudden not involved because he's got to focus on J.J. McCarthy. You don't have to do that or you feel you feel like you feel like you don't have to do that with Cade McNamara, okay? JJ uh, McCarthy poses a huge threat to the defense and uh, that's that's the difference. The, the, the more than the touchdown run as far as JJ McCarthy's presence was the CJ Stokes run. That's what he can that's the threat he can pose to take this offense to the next level. I understand it Cade You know, he's done incredible. I I get that. But if you want to go to the next level, which I think they do, uh, we saw how good Georgia is. Uh, They're going to have to to get more electricity. And, by the way, Jim Harbaugh called J.J. McCarthy electric. So he sees it. Uh, That's the solution, in my opinion.
0: You talk about electricity. I said after that game there was clearly more juice In the Michigan lineup when J.J. McCarthy was on the field for the snaps that he had. He went four for four, as you can see on your screen there, for the 30 yards, ran for the touchdown. He brings that extra element. We know that Cade McNamara brings um, a, a great deal of and has leadership and the ability to get you into the right play, to read defenses, if we are at the point where J.J. McCarthy can match him in those things and consistently outdo him in the, the other physical aspects, then you're getting to the point where, okay, it's uh, it, it could be time for number nine. At the same time, as, uh, again, uh, I was doing the uh, a post-game with, uh, with one Doug Karsh, and he made the uh, point that why – why do you have to make a uh, an absolute one-way decision at this point? Why cannot the, the quarterbacks continue to battle? Because, hey, if J.J. If McCarthy throws for 300 yards against Hawaii, and again, there's the competition thing, yeah. but, but it looks fantastic in every single way, and Jim Harbaugh after that game says, JJ McCarthy is our starting quarterback next week. No, and uh, then, then heaven, but but heaven forbid, JJ uh, McCarthy takes off on one of those runs and gets a little bit nicked up. If if you know y- if you're at the point where you lose Cade McNamara mentally at any point, uh, then I think you've got a you've got an issue because quarterbacks again they're a snap away if Cade McNamara gets nicked up man it's a a fabulous thing it's a it's a huge advantage for Michigan to have a JJ McCarthy to bring in there if JJ McCarthy is your starting quarterback boy what a what an amazing security blanket to be able to bring Cade McNamara in or either if if either of these quarterbacks even has a couple of down series and you're looking for a boost to be able to have guys of that magnitude to be able to come in i just think it's it it's a no-brainer that you don't put one of them in the position at this point where they feel like it's over i'm yeah. you know i'm i'm yeah, sitting
1: I, I i agree i agree with you and karsh about this and and you know once again uh hawaii you know i mean western kentucky scored 49 vandy scored 63 okay 112 points. I mean, what's, what's it going to prove you really that that's not a sample size worth even evaluating. Okay. It's, he's almost thrown against air This is like seven on seven. This is like going against the twos at Michigan, if, if worse. Okay. So that's not even an issue. Okay. So I agree with you. You got to go deeper. You got to go to Yukon. You know what? You got to go to Iowa. You know what? Iowa Beat South Dakota state seven to three without scoring a touchdown. I mean, they're not at that very good football team. How do you really evaluate Iowa? Okay. You really don't have an evaluation of a quality opponent. Let's be real, John, until October 15th. And so I, I agree with you. I would hold off on this evaluation for another month to be quite honest with you, because you don't pay, you don't play legitimate competition until, I mean, Maybe I'm jumping on Maryland. Maybe I'm, I'm I'm not open-minded to them. And and Mike Locksley, you know, he he's a good coach. Okay, so maybe we'll throw the Maryland nugget. But I, I'm just—it's not a daunting schedule to really get a true evaluation against your your bunch of quarterback competition until you get into mid-October. I'd keep it wide open, just like you two guys seem to agree on, and and just keep evaluating. What's wrong with that? It's a that's, position of strength, not weakness. You got two good quarterbacks. That's a all right, thing.
0: Rhett, then exactly. And deal with this. We just got a question that came in from westro Seven. Good point about quarterback backup. Have also heard people ask how much running McCarthy should be doing when the game is in the bag. Your thoughts in that area?
1: Well, I, yeah, well, that's that's a good that's a good point. I mean, the game's in the bag. The game was in the bag in the first quarter. You got to play the game. I mean, you just can't. You know, you can't ball up and just, you know, not doing it. You get. I mean, you can get hurt in practice. I I understand the the question, and, and this is, you know, legitimately. This is a backup quarterback. You know, when you have your backup quarterback, you're supposed to get away with able to throw in the ball, right? Hey, your backup's in, right? But the, the backup is a first first string caliber quarterback. Um, so that's a that's an interesting thing. But you got to play the games. My question that I've I mean, I, I just am baffled by it, and I'm not smart enough to figure this out. How do you really evaluate film? Uh how do you really grade these kids when you're going against that Hawaii defense? I mean, do you just look at the precision? I mean, I'm not talking just a quarterback at how, you know, how the patterns are run, you know, the blocking schemes, if ever there are any misassignments. How do you really even evaluate when you're p- playing such an inferior team? That's that's the question in my mind.
0: Yeah, and I will know. I, I will tell you how uh, the some people evaluated it in the first game, and I don't think it's necessarily illegitimate. They had evaluated it by, okay, look at what Cade did against that defense. Look at what JJ did against that defense. There appeared to be a difference in, uh, even though JJ only had four throws, and uh, but but there just seemed to be more of effectiveness moving the ball on a consistent basis and not settling for field goals. And so you do it. I would think you might do it that way. Um, it's, it's, But I, I agree with you. The real tests are are to come. And, you know, that quarterback debate is going to rage on. We're not going to settle it in, uh, in this segment. So uh, we've, we've got other things to get to. And one of the things is – A defense that all of a sudden, you know, we we have talked about how Michigan had to plug in for uh, for David Ojabo and Nathan Hutchison. And where is the pass rush going to come from and what's what's going to happen here? Well, we certainly saw signs of uh, a pass rush. Yabi Onomo comes in and and absolutely steamrolls off the edge for a big sack early. And you get seven sacks. You've got guys coming from, you've got a a freshman in there and Derek Moore looking pretty good. You've got other guys that are are coming in and and putting heat on. And again, all of this goes right back to, uh, in part, competition. I get that. But. We saw signs of some people really uh, that are weapons that maybe Michigan didn't necessarily count on, and I, I'd throw Braden McGregor in that group as well.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I you know, I'm gonna uh, give you a mulligan. On the competition, I, 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 the competition didn't matter. I mean, optically, we saw, and, and Harbaugh mentioned this post game a lot of. I've never seen. Yeah, he made a great point. I never – and this goes back to the 70s. For me, uh, it was early 70s defense where you saw winged helmets all around the ball every play. And they'd all run to the ball until the whistle blew. And there was always a lot of helmets. So, uh, And and Jim said that, yeah, there were a lot of helmets on every play. Let me give you a, a, a classic example of that. Derek Moore, you mentioned him. He was mentioned in the postgame. When you look at the, the stat sheet, it zeroes all the way across – with the exception he had one quarterback pressure. But you know what? He was all over the place. So maybe he didn't end up on the stat line, but he was always hanging around the chicken coop. And that's what this Michigan defense is going to be, I think. I think it's going to be a defense by committee. I thought Junior Colson was magnificent. Um, I mean, you know, and you've been a big fan of his. Uh, Michael Barrett, you know, he he had a good game. Ozzie is an absolute animal. The D.J. Turner... Scoop and score. I think he had the, the scoop and score. I was a that was ma- that was a guy making a play. They didn't make these plays last year. Rod Moore had a pick. I mean, the picks came were very hard to come by last year. So a lot. R.J. Moten played good. Macari Page. A lot of names. I mean the le- I mean there was eighty four kids that played in this game. A lot of them most of them on defense. And they rotate a lot of guys on that defense. They play a lot of nickel. A lot of guys going in and out. I was really excited about the defense more than anything. I was caught up more. And the impression of the defense, John, actually, than, than that quarterback content.
0: Well, I agree, and I, I I would have preferred to write about the uh, the defense afterwards more than I did, but uh, there, there's such an overwhelming uh, uh, emphasis on that right now. And but I, I agree with you. I just think that uh, that this defense is showing some exciting signs. They knew they were going to have to come up with edge rushers. To uh, to come up with a Noma that late in the game, yeah. and to have him potentially be such a uh, an impact player, uh, Junior Colson, who led this team with ten tackles uh, and is going to be a stalwart on defense from all appearances, said this:
1: "This guy's going to do nothing but play more and more." Yeah, and when you think yeah. about his position, you know it's like on on on. Of the of the early and this guy's a veteran college football player. He, I mean, he's a five star. I mean, he could walk in and pick up pretty easily. Okay, he come from big time program Alabama. But you know, when you're an edge rusher or a third down edge rusher, or whatever, uh, just like a, a on defense, just like a wide receiver on offense, it's more of an instinctive, you know, just go out there and do athletic things kind of deal. And, mm-hmm. uh, boy, I mean, we, we saw that. And I, saw, I looked down, I turned to my left and looked at the media, and I saw, I saw a media guy looking at the other guy, you know, looking at the other guy. And
0: this, <laughs> <laughs> I saw
1: a lot of that. I saw a lot of windshield wipers with a head. Like, wow, that, that's something Michigan's really going to need this year. Yeah,
0: yeah, you, you take a look at those numbers. And uh, as what you said, uh, for an edge rusher, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Hey, see that guy with the football in his hands? <laughs> go, go get him, boy! Go smash him! Yeah. <laughs> so it, you can show up. Hey, here yeah. I am. I, I here. Here's my bag. I haven't had the time to drop it off at the dorm, yeah. but uh, yeah. but I, I can rush the quarterback.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and,
0: I think also Braden McGregor, uh, whiffed on his, he, he, he had a quarter the quarterback dead to rights and, uh, and didn't secure seconds. it, but Electric. he would, he is a guy SUV. that is, uh, worked his way back from I injury and I thought it was a school. really good sign to see him. Oh, him do what he did. Touchdown.
1: That was orgy. We hear some uh, some audio in here.
0: <laughs> I've got a little bleed through of Alex
1: Orji scoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but so maybe that's the same t- way to talk about Alex Orji. You know, so well, what do you think about that guy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as we're talking about quarterbacks, it's it's yeah. good to have one run the ball in short yardage yeah. situations. But yeah. but but I really do. I mean, Braden McGregor. I know what he's gone through. These guys that go through injury. Ronnie Bell's the same way. And uh, he had a, one of the, uh, the big blocks to, uh, uh, to spring Roman Wilson on his touchdown. But when you see guys like that um, McGregor in particular, since we were talking about the defense, I, that's a big, big deal.
1: Yeah. And, and Rashawn Benny, there's some other names, you know, that I'm looking forward to uh, coming on, you know, getting more opportunities uh, to showcase again, you know, once again, against better competition. I mean, uh, there's a lot of athletes on this defense, and I and I think when you talk to Michigan fans, uh, even even maybe that are not deep in the content, like you know, like us or some other people, uh, that was just a that was a quick a takeaway that that Michigan defense is for real. Yeah, there was concern we're losing. He's incredibly uh, ends, you know, and and Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo, but there, this this has some other moving parts. This defense, it's a little bit different. Uh, maybe even a little bit quicker and uh, maybe a little bit deeper than last year.
0: Yeah. And we'll keep an eye on it. I'll tell you one thing. Um, Certainly if you are uh, Jesse Minter or Mike Elston, making your debut as defensive coordinator and defensive line coach, respectively, uh, that's a nice check Mark in game one.
1: Oh yeah. There's no question about it. And, and, and we, we've been talking about that, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of, you know, and the same thing on, on, you know, offense. I mean, there's, you know, we got to we haven't even talked about the two coordinator thing. I, I'm just curious on how all of it, the dynamics of that works uh, or if you want to even pull, uh, throw Mike Hart in there, the running game coordinator, how, do, how does all that work? I mean, but yeah, this defense, I think it's, it, it is, you know, by committee. I mean, these court, coordin- you know, you got two great, you got two great, uh, Defensive minds and highly experienced, highly efficient, and uh, it's a Baltimore Raven influence. So, with Jesse, don't you think, John? I mean, this is like the McDonald 2.0 what do you want to call it? It's the same thing, and there's no transition for for the personnel. I think it's you know, just to pick up where we left off.
0: They're going to tweak it, and they're going to, they said so, but if you have. The basics in place, and and these guys already know what they did last year, what uh, what that base is, and that's you know that that's what they're getting. Okay, sure, yeah, let's build on it, let's tweak it, let's let's do some things differently, but but we're not learning all the, the everything new again. And as far as Mike Elston is concerned, here's a guy that when when he came in. You had Notre Dame people up and down the line saying, "Wow, yeah. we lost a lot, and you yeah. gained a lot." And yeah. that's that's hard for Notre Dame people to say wh- when it comes to Michigan. But uh, there's no question he was highly valued over in South Bend. He's gonna he's a gonna be a home run here. I predict uh, this is a guy that not only he doesn't want to just get the uh, the pressure. From the the ends, off the edges, he wants a real push up the middle, and I think he's um, gaining guys through this process that and developing other people who uh, are, are going to uh, put some heat on quarterbacks. There's no question.
1: Yeah, there's a couple other kids I wanted to that um, just came to mind that that and I would like to get your opinion on it as well. Uh, Mike Sandra still, who is I think he's wearing number zero right now, if I'm not mistaken, just like Darius Clemens does on offense. Does that tell you right there he's not going to be playing any offense? Because <laughs> he got the same number as a fellow receiver. So I and I think so he's digging in on that defense. And he did a he did a he was all over the place, as, as Jim was talking about. And the other the other kid I was curious what you thought was I I watched a little bit um because I like to I like to bring out the new vehicles, Will Johnson. He played quite a. He had a, quite a few reps in there. Um, saw a couple mistakes here and there, um, but I. I he's going to be a dynamic player. There's no question about. it. What do you think of Will?
0: Oh, I, I think it, exactly what you said. You see the talent, and you see him just oozing uh, confidence and, yeah. uh, and 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 swagger and ability and he's got the physical makeup, but, you know, there are those mistakes. And, and again, we've, we've done the schedule thing before. Uh, I, I, that that's one upside to me, that, of playing right. these opponents and getting those mistakes out now and learning from them for these, you had 15 guys in this game, catch a pass. You, had, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. there are a lot of things like that, but Will Johnson, no question. He is going to be, a uh, a re- a star player, and and you've got guys like Mike still Who hey, where's the need? Is it more at receiver? Obviously not right now. That that doesn't mean at all that Mike still can't be a really good wide receiver.
1: Oh, you can flip him back. I'm just saying. Uh, it, oh it just, yeah, it, yeah. it Looks he's, like he's, it, he's dug in. He's dug in. You
0: know, he's, I mean? he's where he needs to be. So yeah. absolutely. Uh, moving on in this particular game. Uh, certainly, we found a little bit out about Michigan's offensive line depth early because you had to, you know, in, in precautionary measures and keeping some people out. And then you get the, uh, a backup nicked up a little bit and has to go out and uh, uh, Giovanni El-Haday uh, comes in. You know, I think the, I thought there were learning moments in that game for the offensive yeah. line because, yeah. you know, there were some times when all of a sudden it, it was like, uh-oh, this is not quite up to speed. As, you know, it's not instant that you transition from 2021 to 2022 with no glitches.
1: Yeah, and let's keep in mind, you know, I mean, it's a tough act to follow. I mean, it was pretty much understood at the end of 2021 the Michigan's offensive line was the best offensive line in the nation. And that's high cotton comment. I'm telling you that right now. I think Ryan Hayes is, uh, is he going to be back next week? Did Jim mention that potentially? Or, or I, I, he doesn't they, really need to be. I mean, it's like. Yeah,
0: no, it was cast as precautionary. And yeah. I think it has everything to do with okay, how is he? Is he really totally healed up, ready to go? Because you'd like to start to get the continuity uh, with Ryan Hayes in there, working with the guys he'll be working with, because you're. You know your your left uh, guard. At first, uh, you know you, you had one guy, and then you had uh, moving uh, over and, and shifting around. You've already got a, a the transfer center Olu, Oluwatimi, who looks yeah. Fabulous in a Michigan uniform, but he, he again, looks good out there. <laughs> bright lights are going on. These guys, it, it's continuity. And, and so mm-hmm. I think it's very important for them to gain that in these early games. Again, regardless of the opponent.
1: When you go 10 deep on your offensive line of getting quality minutes, uh that, you know, that says a lot. But you know, you're right, John. I mean, an offensive line has to work as a unit. And it's hard to plug and play and get continuity. Um, so if, if we're gonna have these little nick-ups here and there, and Trevor Keegan got some, you know, got, got some good phrase. Um just um, you know, they all they all, you know, and the thing of it is you gotta with Jim Harbaugh, and I love his positivity. I mean, he throws a lot of names out there, saw some good things, you know, you know, so but you don't really don't know how good those things are. I mean, and 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 he probably doesn't know, he didn't have me look at the film. Although one thing about Jim Harbaugh, I will say this, um, he has an amazing uh, mind in terms of grasping certain plays what people have done from the sidelines of a game that happened 20 minutes ago. It's, you know, have you have you been impressed by it? I certainly have. It's like I say to myself, how did, how did he know that? I mean, maybe he's hearing noise in the phone. Maybe he's hearing it in the phones. I don't know. But, I mean, he seems to have an idea of what all 22 positions are doing. And um, it's another one good thing he talked about, how clean the communication was on the phones. These are things that first game, you know, hiccups that can happen. But he talked about that. And um, it sounded like overall, offensive line and in all 22 positions, it's pretty good first outing for Michigan.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it, and uh, we will continue to uh, keep an eye on that uh, the development. You know, it, it's it's <laughs> so early, and you, we're we're balancing a number of things. Every time we praise something, we say, "Yeah," but what about the competition? Every time yeah. we uh, we knock something, it's it's almost. Um, enhanced by the fact that, wow, and this was against Colorado State with Hooch. Yeah. I mean, is isn't very good. It'll be the same thing on Saturday night against
1: Hawaii. Well, see, but so, we know Hawaii is not that good. We don't really know how good Colorado State is. Maybe they'll go out and blow out Middleton. Maybe they'll go out and get on a run and, and be competitive in the Mountain West. We don't know. Maybe they're not so bad. And then the Iowa thing, John, and I didn't mean to jump on Iowa, uh, you know they're going to get better. They always muck it up in game one, and then they get better. And their defense, their funny, their funny game is fabulous. <laughs> so the, uh, Michigan's going to have to move the ball. That will be a t- – I want to re- requalify that. That will be a test for Michigan quarterbacks against the Iowa defense. It's Iowa's offense that's pathetic
0: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Iowa is in a real struggle offensively and uh, it, quarterbacks taking a lot of heat there. Uh, it's yeah, obviously better to have uh, two potential starting quarterbacks than wondering if you have one.
1: Exactly. Um, that's a perfect I, example. What know,
0: I'd I, like to be Iowa. <laughs> I, I, exactly. Um, so, so as we make these evaluations, how does Tom Crawford balance between, well, yes, this deserves praise, this this gets a a, a nod, this gets a a helmet sticker this week, this gets a a star in the class, but... You know, we don't really know how good the uh, the competition is. So, how do you walk that line, and how do you make those determinations? So, so
1: you're talking about on both sides of the line, all 22 positions, or oh yeah,
0: yeah. No, I'm talking about anybody. How
1: how do you temper
0: the competition? How do the temper the praise with the competition that uh, is out there?
1: That's that's the question of the week. I mean, um, and I think you can. I mean, I've always wondered, you know, um. How come a team doesn't play their best game even against the worst team? I mean, is that possible to do that? Because you have to qualify everything. I think there's a lot. I think the offensive line, you know, uh, you know, the Christmas of the blocking. You know, I mean, I'm I'm probably in this game, uh, look at all the look at all the unfund stuff. You know, may, may, maybe what's been going on in the interior line on both O line and D line, and not watch the ball like a normal, you know, like in going fan and looking at the ball and seeing how how the play is going to be productive in, in a yardage gaining situation. I'm just going to look at at the the Doug Skeen stuff, you know, you know, and then how Chris is block and how much they dominate. Um, I, I, you know, penalties and crispness of that, holding on to the football. I'll tell you what, the best thing you can you can evaluate. Against any level of D1, F- FBS level competition is the crispness of tackling. I think that's huge. Um, mm-hmm. I saw some teams on Thursday and Friday nights at open field tackling. Um, I'll give you an example. Central Michigan was horrible defensively in the first half against Oklahoma State. Then they came back, they gave up 51 points, and it was because the open field tackling in the secondary was horrible. And, and that's an example, and that's the first game of sample. And I think if Michigan's – I'm going to look for the tackling. I mean, that's another thing to evaluate. You can have a good game. So it's little stuff like that, the down and dirties, that, that um, maybe you wouldn't look at in a normal game is what I'm going to look at.
0: Let me give you uh, one more sign that that uh, you can put legitimate praise on uh, an aspect of the game in the in the down and dirties as you uh, yeah. uh, sum them up. When When you're new – sideline reporter for Michigan radio is one of the toughest blocking wide receivers oh, yeah. in the history of Michigan football, it's one Jason Evant, yeah. and, uh, and he gets very pumped <laughs> about the blocking on Roman Wilson's touchdown run by the receivers. That, that is a clear sign that you're doing something right. Another, and, uh, another and great you know. example,
1: John. Yeah, I'm great. And Jason Avant, John Colizaro is another one going back a few years. Where wide, you know, wide blockers, whatever. And that's how you. That's how. That's how you spring big running plays. It's it's from the wideouts. I mean, they they either decide that it's going to be a big play or not. I mean, we saw that in the Iowa game. Um, some downfield block and in the Big Ten championship, you had the quarterback JJ McCarthy down there escorting him down there. That's what you do to make to turn into big plays. And, uh, and that's another thing I'm going to be looking at as well uh, is downfield blocking. And um, was Michigan's best football teams in the past, um, you know, over the several decades that I've followed it, had great wideouts in terms of blocking ability that would spring big plays.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, we were talking about competition. We've got a uh, a question in from David Mays. Is Michigan going to continue playing weak teams at the start? I'd like to see them play someone tougher than Hawaii this week. Well, you came to the right place, David Mays, because uh, not only can we tell you that uh, the, the next year's non-conference schedule is similarly um, – not at the level of playing uh, Florida State, Oklahoma, and Notre Dame, but you're also getting your answer from someone who uh, feels exactly like you do about this schedule. So uh, I will answer the part about uh, continuing to play weaker teams. I think you're going to see that uh, uh, again next year, although I I throw in there that I think it's an aberration. But Tom Crawford – Go ahead and take it from
1: there. <laughs> throwing me, throwing me a slab of meat here, huh, Sean? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, for 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 David, you know, I mean, like, you know, we th- you know, this was brought up this past week that the first time in seventy eight years, Michigan uh, in this twenty twenty two season is not playing a um, a Power Five slash or Notre Dame. Uh, on their non-conference schedule okay first time in 78 years that's a long long time and the problem you know and that you know if it was a one-year aberration that would be all right with me but next year who do we have we have UNLV we have Bowling Green we have East Carolina okay now you know East Carolina should have beat North Carolina State so that's a pretty good group of five teams so I'm not saying they're a they're not a group, they're not a power five, but they're right on that edge. They're a pretty good team. But my point is this, you're going back to back years with no power five competition. You can, you don't have to have great teams. Just have a power five. Like Iowa's host in Iowa State. I mean, Iowa State, not a bad team. That's a rival game and I get all that. But when you look at the big 10 right now, at least I, I, I probably should look at it in front of me right now, but I don't have it. But I think everybody has at least one power five team with the exception of Michigan, with all group of five teams. That's what has irked me, and I'm, from my understanding, Michigan had a had a uh, a home and home with UCLA that they voided. And, and maybe it, maybe I'll throw that nugget to you, John. Research that. Maybe you already have that intel uh, to get out of that, and then that opened the door for for what we're playing here. Is that is that correct? I do
0: not know, but I will be uh, uh, speaking with one Ward Manuel later in the week, and that will be something
1: that I toss at him. Okay, absolutely. I want. Okay, John. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have you. At, I want. Can you ask this question? Since you know you're the, the senior guy over, you have all the experience. Ask him about what is the decision making process? Because when Jim Harbaugh said, "You bet," you know go. When I was down in Indy, he told me to go ask Ward Manuel. So you're saying Ward Manuel is a decision maker when contractually Jim Harbaugh, the head coach of the University of Michigan, is supposed to have part of his job description is to have input on the schedule. So who decides? That's
0: legitimate. Well, that that very question may well come up. And uh, I will... Keep Tom Crawford in mind as I uh, as I yes, enter into any and all discussions. I'll all be right, we're here, man. I'll be a fly in the wall cheering you beautiful. on. Beautiful. Hey, we're deep in the fourth quarter. Let's close it out with this Hawaii this week. JJ McCarthy behind center. What's going to happen, and what do you expect out of the sophomore at uh, at quarterback?
1: Well, I think he'll be terrific. <laughs> I think the forty-six point spread—I'd be all over that if I was a bet man. I'm not, um, but uh, I, I think Michigan's going to win like a sixty-three to seven or something like that kind of game, and 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 and, and jump on them, jump on them quick, and uh, and like I said, play a lot of kids. I mean, Jim wants to play one hundred twenty. I didn't know they had one hundred twenty kids in the program yet. I thought they had one hundred ten, but um, a lot of kids are going to play, which is great for morale and you can still play four games and maintain a red shirt year for all those freshmen. So this all is right. going to be a good day for a lot of parents. who will get to see their kid with a winged helmet out there on, on the surface of Michigan stadium. So I'll go like 63, seven kind of game.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, not only is it, is it good for, for parents and families and pride and Hey, there's my kid out there. But when those kids are out there, um, I, they, they, and Jerry Hanlon has said this to for years, the uh, offensive line icon. When those kids get in the game, I, even if they're on demonstration team during the week, they uh, they work harder, they practice oh, harder, yeah. they get after it yes. because they are a part of this thing yeah. and they get it. And that is another benefit. To, you know, I I see. You know, I hear you on the downsides of uh, weaker schedules. I think there are some upsides. I think that's another one. You certainly want J.J. McCarthy to uh, to show more of what he did in that first game. I don't see any reason it won't happen. But I do have a question about, okay, where does a Cade McNamara fit is as a reliever for J.J. McCarthy, J.J. McCarthy comes in to give him a little change of pace, and uh, that running quarterback option, that kind of thing. Um, How do you see a K. McNamara fitting into this game? Is it just uh, fairly random?
1: Um, You know, I thought you know that's that's a great question slash point. Um, I think you got a little rhetorical thing in there too, and I agree with you. I mean, it's like, why wouldn't you just start? And say, okay, Alex Orgie, you're the backup. JJ's off this week. And you flip it the following week. I mean, I, I didn't know that this other element is in, but you know, if I, I get that, he's the backup, he's the second string. Um, I would get, I would have JJ throw the ball and see what he has. See what he has as an arm. Okay. Yeah. And you can do that early and not get accused of running it up. Uh you know, it's not running up. And with his first half, you can just keep throwing it you know, in my mind and not, and not be criticized for it, for unsportsmanlike behavior, whatever. Um, but then, you know, with K, you're right. What does he do? He can't throw it because he's going to look like they're running up the score. I would have him throw though. Cause he's a backup a backup gets to throw, you know? So he's a backup that day. So I hope he gets to throw and have a shot to get some of that rhythm back and, and, and maybe do some, maybe do some running with him. I don't know. But, um, it's gonna be an awkward situation. It's gonna be an awkward weeks. Well,
0: <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. And I agree with you that you gotta let uh, let him throw the football, and you tell Hawaii, look, you've got a, an absolutely beautiful state. Uh, we, we love it. We love to go there. It's it's yeah. fantastic you got to get better at football and uh, if you're not don't complain about how badly you get beaten when you come into the number four team in the nation according to the Associated Press so uh, that was a a nice little jump for the Wolverines (laughs) hey we're going to be talking about that and more down the road thanks for joining us tonight it's been uh, it's been fun it always is with Tom Crawford and uh, we, uh, we, we thank you for sending in a couple of questions tonight that was great we'll do more of that as we go along. We'll have, uh, we're, we're planning on some guests coming down the road. That's going to be very exciting. But uh, for now, we're going to leave it at that. Tom Crawford, thanks for being with us.
1: My pleasure, John. Always.